Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 198 on this episode. Well, this is another hashtag cancel this. This is five things we hate about the novice cigar smoker. It's going to make some people upset, perhaps. It's going to make some people happy, most definitely. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. Think we're good. Recording in progress. Jesus Christ. Why okay. did she yell that? Have you ever heard her say that before? Never. Recording. Recording in progress. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know why that happened. I don't like it though. Um cool. New episode. We skipped New last episode. week. Now, do I want to apologize for last week? Not really. Uh the reality is is I was not in a good mindset to have a podcast because at Thursday, so we record these on Thursdays. Today is Thursday, but you'll hear this Monday morning. Yeah. This particular time last Thursday, I was about, I would say, seconds away from murdering at least seven people. So I was not in a good mind frame to record a podcast and, you know, be my normal jovial self. I was probably going to be a little bitter, maybe a little upset, slightly aggressive. Um, so I didn't want that to happen. So I, I just knew it wasn't going to be good. And I took a deep breath. And Chris, I told you, you know what? We, we just need, we need a week off. Um, we just need to take a week off. And nothing to do with the podcast at all. Just a bunch of other stuff going on, mostly with work. That uh, just once, it just makes me ultra aggressive. I go aggro and just fucking want to kill people. Yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been, uh, it's been a little frustrating. So... But here, you know, we're back at it. We're back at it this week, and um, I'm excited to be back because we're rolling very quickly into episode 200, which obviously is a massive milestone episode. I think there's like maybe one or two other cigar podcasts that have eclipsed 200 episodes, um, and they've been around for a long, long time. You know, we've been around for four years. And so it's kind of cool to think about like, wow, we've done 200 of these. How weird is that? It seems weird. It feels in a sense kind of odd in the fact that we've talked for essentially 200, more than 200 hours, probably about 250 hours collectively. Oh my God. Yeah. Through a pod, you know, cause we had some podcasts that were like two hours long. We don't do that as much anymore. Um, that was kind of early on when we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. But just think about it, like 250 hours of just us. Like, could you imagine? And it's weird too because I, I've had people ask like, where should I start? Oh, I want to listen to your podcast. Where should I start? And I go, I don't know. Like, I don't remember what any of those podcasts were back then. Like, we've interviewed multiple guests multiple times. I have a pretty good memory when it comes to this stuff. But there's like, I've had people seriously recount stuff that's happened in the podcast. And I'm like, I don't remember ever saying that. Like, I don't remember that happening. And then every once in a while, I'll go back and review it. I'm like, holy fuck, we did say that. So it's just interesting, the fact that you have 250 hours roughly of recorded time that's just out there. And like, it's like I don't remember most of it because we've done so much of it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I can't really recall anything. Ever. In any episode, unless I get a tickle up my ass to want to hear myself make jokes yeah 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 that's the other thing it's a little cringeworthy isn't it to uh to to reflect on your own conversation it is a little weird but i do like i think i i think i'm a just slightly uh sociopath because i just 
I enjoy listening to myself crack jokes. How and, is that being a sociopath? Do you obviously don't understand what a sociopath is? You mean a narcissist? Um, well, a, a sociopath is someone who's a so-so about the jokes they make. Hmm. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, but that said, I I listen into episodes to you know critique jokes. Uh, how can I improve for next week? What are some things that I learned? Did Corey laugh? Um, that's usually a no. Um, if he does laugh, duplicate that. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to crack my uh, my laughter shell. It's tough, and I admit it's tough. There are probably things I should laugh at more. Um, but I will, Chris. I will say this: you are very funny. You're very naturally funny. So there, there's two things why I think it's tough for you to make me laugh. So that when you do make me laugh, there's a high level of importance to it. Like it's meaningful, right? Because one, I've heard you my entire life. That's number one. And number two, when I'm in the throes of moving this podcast along, oftentimes I'm thinking about what's the next topic I get to and how do I get Chris to shut up to get there? (laughs) So when you're on these weird rants talking about cheetahs in the wild, although naturally and favorably to the podcast, very funny. For me, my mind is going, next topic, next topic, next did topic. Did I literally talk topic. about cheetahs? Yeah, you did. Uh, that was probably six months ago or more. Holy shit. Yeah. So it's not that it's not funny. It's just like there's – I my mind is preoccupied with just trying to get us to the next thing because I know you are not always aware and conscious of the time but I'm always reflecting on where we're at in per- certain points of the episode. So if you ever notice that as we record an episode, strategically, there's a certain marker, a certain window of time of which the review begins. And that's sure. because I make sure that we end one conversation as to go into the other to make sure that we hit right about that hour-long window. So it is strategic. So when you go on these things that you do where you're trying to make like a long-winded joke, like where there's a build-up to a build-up, and then that build-up also has its own build-up, and then there's supposed to be a punchline somewhere in there, Yeah. that that window of time that you take 10 minutes, sometimes <laughs> I'll interrupt to just cut it right off. <laughs> so again, not that you're not funny, you're hilarious. But ain't nobody got time for that. I would be a terrible newscaster. Because <laughs> you would ramble. <laughs> the live feed would be like 16 minutes long. <laughs> like you're cutting into jeopardy. <laughs> Why? You would be the you'd be the person on the news they constantly cut off. That you'd be in yes. the middle of a thought and they just end it. <laughs> for sure. Which would be hilarious. Although I feel like that job has got to be really tough. Because someone's always in your ear. Like someone's like 30 seconds, 20 seconds. And you've got to just keep your fucking composure. There's there's no way I could do that. Someone at work called me the other, was it yesterday morning? Like really early yesterday morning. And uh, we have like a podcast at work now, which is like, um, it's more of like storytelling, I guess. It's like storytelling yeah. time. Could you imagine, like imagine storytelling time in front of like a kindergarten class. It's kind of like that. Like everybody's reflecting on, oh, how was your first day of school type thing. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, it's really neat. The audio is pretty well done, although I could do better. Um, and so the person who does it called me early in the morning and was just like, hey, can you do me a huge favor? And I'm like, yeah, what's that? The question was, can you tell me like what 
in terms of like our uh like we have like this acronym fit it's family Mm -hmm. integrity integrity teamwork tenacity there's something there's two i's integrity titties or is there two t's there's two f's tight titties no there's two i's family is there an honesty in there no honesty integrity are like the same thing i forget anyway they're gonna kill me if ever (laughs) seriously don't fucking remember those um anyway so it's an acronym and then so the question was what what does like the family aspect of Almo mean to you and like the supporter and it was just like oh i'm supposed to answer now like you want me, like i can't think about this and he's like no i want it to be like authentic and from the heart and like candid and it was just like boom i'm on the spot like immediately i hate that which yeah. is weird because i'm used to having things laid out in a certain way and not that like for you and I, we always have these very succinct, natural conversations, but we've built up chemistry over a long period of time. I sure. don't, I don't have chemistry with this other guy. And also you're asking me a very important question. You know, here I can be, I can be free and I can talk freely and I can say the things that I want to say just off the cuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like important stuff about like work and what my work means to me and how this organization has supported me throughout my career. It's like, give me a minute to think about it. He's like, no, you get no time. And I was like, all right, (laughs) here we go. Those on the spot, like exercises always are anxiety inducing. You know what though? Yeah, they, they are. It's that fear of like saying the wrong thing, you know, and just not having your shit together. But at the same time, I am so used to doing things off the cuff. Yeah. Like just in the work environment where it was just like, I literally told him, I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and it was like, right. boom, boom, Everybody boom, boom, boom. around the table. What's one thing you love about working for the com- company? Um, let's start with you, Chris. Oh, um, what was the question? What's, what's one thing you love about working for the company like i love uh, the free fruit in the cafeteria like chris like, that's not com- free company parties Ooh, shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah like what do you say you're on the spot it's like i don't know it was weird i mean it was fine but like, i don't know where i was going with that now they're thing. gonna think i'm an alcoholic and i only come to this job to get free alcohol <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true um so we have an interesting uh podcast today it's not a review but it's a review of ourselves um kind of if if we can reflect back that far which i know i can i can reflect back that far um but you know we've done a series of these and there's certainly a lot to do and today we're doing uh another hashtag cancel this and it is five things we hate about the novice cigar smoker now this is going to turn some people off right i'm going to call it right now is going to turn some people off by the way, if you're a cigar novice smoker, don't do these things and also maybe don't listen to this podcast. So I'm giving you a warning. Three, two, one, hanging up. All right, now we can proceed. Um, I thought, so I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking topically, I wanted to do another one of these because there's so many that you can do. And I was starting to, you know, I was really thinking back and most of this is kind of derived through like social media more often than not I get this wide expansion of people's experiences in the cigar world and really if you just take the time now like the people that I follow on Instagram are people who have probably been around for quite some time Um, I actually spent a significant amount of time wiping clean a lot of the people that I follow on Instagram because 
you know, my thought is, is like, there's a lot of people who's like, oh, I follow 30,000 people or not. That's an exaggeration. It's like, maybe I follow 3000 people. It's like, there's not enough time to go through a feed to understand what every, all those 3000 people are doing in a day. So if you are not interested in the content of certain accounts, you need to wipe them clean. So I wiped, I wiped some, I think I probably fucking unfollowed probably like 400 people. Um, and really kind of left it to like people who I interact with on a, on a regular basis that I kind of know or have met through Instagram or know personally. And then also obviously the cigar manufacturers, anybody related to the industry that is either a part of the media, uh, even from an influencer perspective, which I hate that word. It's so cringeworthy, um, to manufacturers, to brokers and so on. Right. Uh, yeah. to shops and everything else like those I kept following. So that number dwindled to like roughly 700. But before that, you get to see these experiences that people have in the industry, the things that they talk about, um, the way they interact with other people. And it got me thinking, I'm like, you know, what? And, and in particular, there's just like, I was thinking and reflecting back on some people that I would consider who are novice cigar smokers and then also people you know part of this is not just social media part of this is like people I know in real life just the things that they say I was thinking about an experience I had a couple weeks or not sorry not a couple weeks ago a couple years ago this is my first time meeting this person and uh it was it kind of started with and and maybe I'm spoiling a little bit of the first part of the episode but the conversation started with and I had my cigar case I had my lighter some nice premium good cigars right probably something boutique that no one else knew about at the time. And I light up the cigar and, and this, this guy goes, he's like, Hey, can I have one of those cigars? And I'm like, Oh, you smoke? He goes, yeah, I smoke all the time. I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, what's all the time? He's like, I don't know, like once every three months. And I go, huh? All the time. Once every three months, you have four cigars a year. I have four cigars a day. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it made me think and I was reflecting back on like having those conversations with people were like yeah I'm a cigar smoker I'm like oh yeah what do you smoke huh I like uh like Fuente, uh, Fuente Double Chateau or uh like the uh blah 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 the Don Carlos but any sort of iteration of an Arturo Fuente seems to be like that that go-to for everybody you know what I mean yeah. I'm I'm never no one ever surprises me and goes, oh, it's this brand and one of which I'd be like, oh, that's surprising. You know what I mean? In a good way. It's never that. It's always the same thing, right? Typically some sort of iteration of CAO, which again, we talked about, we can reflect on our own experiences when we were cigar novices, CAO guy right here, admittedly. Um, so what I'm not saying is what I hate about everybody else is also the things I hated about myself when I first got into cigars. So with that, I know that was like a long-winded introduction into like what this whole episode's supposed to be about. But topically, I thought this would be a really fun one to discuss because I think it's going to hit home for a lot of people. So these are no given order. So that like the the way that we're going to go through these five is just kind of at random, just what I put down first. And the, uh, the first one is the cigar novice smoker always likes them and says, the bigger, the better. This is one thing that I fucking despise about novice cigar smokers this is something that actually makes me really fucking angry is when someone suggests that like a 6x60 or 7x7 70 or 6x70 anything iteration of 60 ring gauge or larger which by the way when you're a cigar novice when you're like a true novice smoker you don't know what vitolas are you don't understand 
you just know you see a big cigar, a lot of tobacco, gotta be good, right? I fucking hate having those conversations with people as to suggest that this honking fat donger is flavor-wise, construction-wise, and I would say even almost at that Vitola, most importantly, which I would say flavor is obviously paralleled with this from a burn perspective, somehow better than even like a traditional Robusto or a Toro. I've heard that from so many people and you're just like, what's your favorite cigar? And they go, oh, it's this. And then it's like, okay. And then through a conversation, you start to uncover like what ring gauge they like. And it's like always the bigger, the better. And I've, you know, usually here's the thing. And Chris, I know you've said this before to each their own. You like what you like, but I think you and I would both agree that let's take a, a cigar in a very large Vitola, and let's just say you scale it down, right? Let's say it's like the JFR Lunatic, for example. The JFR Lunatic is that fat, honking, short, fucking thick dong, and you scale that down into something that's a more manageable smoke, something that you can fit between your fingers. Now, I've had the JFR Lunatic, the really ridiculous, honking, fucking short, fat one, which I thought Same. was atrocious. Same. And I've also had an iteration of the JFR Lunatic, which I think is a newer one that had a shaggy foot that was really good. So we talk about this before. We talk about what is the cigar comprised of in terms of tobacco, how big is a cigar. Those two things married together give you an outcome of flavor, burn experience, and so on. A lot of people who are not cigar novices and and most of us who talk on a regular basis and understand cigars would suggest that a smaller Vitola with a better balance of percentage, a ratio of certain tobaccos used is going to yield better flavors. So dummies, bigger always isn't better. Isn't always better. Bigger isn't always better. Would you agree with that? It's not about how big it is. It's about what you do with it. Talk to any woman, talk to any man. All of them would tell you, brother, size doesn't make the difference. It's what you do with it. Mm. There's plenty of people that are quite satisfied, more satisfied than you would imagine, are more satisfied with four inches, five inches, five and a half inches. These are averages. This is what the world's used to. This is what the world's comfortable with. Do you know your mouth is only four inches deep? Is it? What is the purpose of shoving a six, seven inch cigar in your mouth? You want lockjaw? I have a question. Yeah. Can I interject, Yana? Yeah. Um, I've seen videos where... <laughs> If your mouth is only four inches long, I'm I'm concerned. I'm concerned why I see females growing an Adam's apple, because there's certainly something lodged right about right about there. Now, now, sure, there are exceptions to the rule. There are some that could dangle their little gobbler in the back. Their little what is it called? Oh, the thing, thing that I don't have anymore. Tonsils. Is it, is it what is that thing that hangs from your pretty sure like that's a, your tonsils it's like 
It's like the nut sack of your mouth, whatever <laughs> that is. is. <laughs> it really is. It's the fucking nut sack inside your throat. Oh, it really is. It really is. Yeah. But hmm. the point is, <laughs> is you need to stop chasing that big old unrealistic donger of a cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because guess what? If you feel inferior, you know how many big cigars there are compared to littler cigars in the world? There are way many more four inches, five inches, five and a half inches, even six. Yeah. There are pl- plenty more of those sizes than these big ass ones that you think you want or need. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. There it's is. It's because bigger is not always better. Bingo. I think you said it way better than I did. That is true. Look at what's out there. Look at what's on the market. You know, and then I think about, I think about some of those, uh, which I would say a a certain Vitola, they get very gimmicky. Like I could name some, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to put people on blast. You know, which ones they are (laughs) where it's like, do people actually buy these fucking things? They actually smoke them. Like the El Artista one, which I still have is a joke cigar. The thing is like, dude, the, the, the Xactus Gigantus, it's like this, it's this round and it's fucking this long. Yeah. I still have that cigar. Am I going to smoke it? No, because I would Maybe die. A Maybe it's a party. Maybe, like, but then I would have to have like 10 other people smoking it. that with me. We'd yeah. have to put holes in the sides of it towards the cap. And everybody just like. And everybody sucks from that hole. Yeah, like, like a, a fucking. Fuka. Like, a, like a big flute, like a big fucking <laughs> phallic flute. Yeah, it's like, so it's a joke, and I think a lot of them are kind of constructed that way, but there's actually assholes out there that just smoke these things continuously, and by the way, when I say five things we hate about the novice cigar smoker, there's way more than five, so there'll be a part two to this. I've already thought of another five, literally, as we're having this conversation. Um, So yeah, bigger isn't always better. Um, You know, understand the impacts of ratios and what tobaccos and certain Vitolas can offer you in terms of those things, and I think... And, and here's the defense part of it, which there's always going to be. Um, over time, you begin to understand that as a smoker. Like, as you develop some, I would say, better senses around understanding flavors and just expanding your palate overall, you'll, un- you'll begin to understand that these things at one time that just seem like the whole idea of a large cigar is like novelty you're actually going to start really caring about the tobacco that you taste. And you're likely to downsize it again into a cigar that has better tobacco ratios. Um, So I think that happens naturally and progressively. Now, the people who just keep smoking large fucking cigars, I want to fucking throat punch you. Um, And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. You want to find that right cigar, the one that's going to love and cherish you? Don't go big. Um, all right. Topic number two. I don't know why I wrote it this way on the sheet. <laughs> uh, topic number two is brand bias bitches. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because it's not just the novice cigar smoker. There are people who I would say understand cigars to a high degree, um, that have smoked for a long time. I guess how you defined novice cigar smoker would dictate this conversation a bit. Um, because I think the reality is, is like, let's just say you are brand bias 
and you only smoke this one cigar ever, I would even if you've done it for 20 years, I'd still consider you a novice. You know what I mean? Like you have not had any representation of cigars at one of that thing. Like, yeah, like I feel like there's got to be a certain point. Like if you're going to elevate your status in the cigar world, um, it's got to be outside of smoking one singular cigar that you've had for fucking 20 years. Um, this is a subject that we've talked about a lot that it really kind of irks me and it doesn't make me mad. Like the first one, it just kind of makes me disappointed in the fact that like there's certain people out there that don't have any inclination or desire or ambition to try something new. I've thought about this actually for quite a while. Like, let's just say hypothetically, I only ever smoke. Like I started smoking CAOs when I started. Now, in my defense, I didn't start with flavored few cigars like most people do. I jumped straight over them. Like you, I jumped straight over them. But I started with CAO. You know, like, and I think that's a good inception cigar to start with, but imagine let's fast forward. I started smoking cigars. Uh, I would say habitually when I was 19 years old, I'm now almost 34. That's quite some time. That's, you know, 15, almost 15 years, 14 years of smoking cigars, thousands over that 15 year time period. Right. Yeah. Imagine if I was still only smoking CAOs. Imagine that. All the cigars that I've smoked, and there's so many more that I want to smoke. There's so many fucking cigars out there I want to try. Like, I will go out of my way to fucking find shit. Like, if there's, like, a hype around it or if it's this or it's like, oh, I understand the characteristics are supposed to be like this. I will go out of my way to find it, never had it before, and fucking pay top dollar for it because I just want to try new stuff. I want to experience something different. I could not imagine over a 15-year time period, roughly, that I'd only ever be smoking CAOs. Like imagine how stale and how boring that gets. You know what I mean? And just not being able to experience. It's kind of like those people who are like afraid to leave their homes, you know, that have like this weird phobia. (laughs) There's a movie on Netflix about that. I watch it with Amy Adams. It's actually pretty good. Um, Where she has this weird phobia because like her family dies in a crack accident, but she's she's also a therapist. Like she's like a doctor. But she has this phobia of leaving her house because the last time, you know, she left her house, her fucking family died in a car accident or whatever. So she has this fear of like leaving her house. So just imagine going 15 years of your life and just never leaving your home, (laughs) just never experiencing anything different, never experiencing the outside world. It's like, how are you going about being a cigar smoker and just sticking with the same old when there's just so much? And we talked about this, I think, on the last podcast, the podcast before, like different varietals and different ways of blending tobacco, different countries, different regions, different soils. Like everyone's experimenting, creating hybrids. What does this seed varietal look like in this particular growing region? All of these advances, I mean, for being a relatively prehistoric thing. Like if you think about cigar smoking as a whole, it's probably one of those things that has a sense of traditionalism that most things can't hold on to for the same extended period of time. But there are things that are happening and there's people are experimenting with different things and trying new stuff. You just imagine fucking smoking the same goddamn fucking thing for that long. It makes me sick to my stomach. Imagine going with a buddy that's like that. It's like you do, like to, in real life. It's like let's. It's like going out to dinner with a buddy who's mm. like that, and uh, you go to a nice Mexican restaurant, and you order yourself some chili Colorado and some steak fajitas, and a side uh, 
you know, enchilada or something like that, right? And waiter goes, well, what, what will you have? Pointing to your friend. And he goes, I'd like some chicken nuggets and french fries, please. And you're like, what? We're in a Mexican restaurant and you're getting chicken nuggets and french fries? Same person. Go to a really nice Italian restaurant. I'll have the penne pasta with the avolo sauce uh, with steak on top and a side salad with Caesar dressing or whatever. Some garlic breadsticks. Uh, what can I get you? And pointing to your friend. I'll get the chicken nuggets and french fries. Do you see where I'm going with this? See. It is an unfortunate part of life that some people like to stay within their comfort zone. And there's nothing wrong with that. You want your chicken nuggets and french fries since you were five and that's all you eat? That's fine. I'm sure you have heart problems. But to call oneself someone a lover of food but then only eat chicken nuggets and french fries what are you saying to the world what are you saying it's a good point you're saying you're a dum-dum you are an uncultured individual and i would stress that if you do have a bias towards a particular brand and call yourself a cigar smoker or a cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado. Here, here. I ask you this single question. Do you? No, it's multiple questions. <laughs> Do you smoke every day? Do you smoke the same thing every day? And if the answer is yes, then the trick question is, do you even remember the cigar you smoked last week? Because if you don't, that means your change-ups are so frequent that you don't remember because you've smoked so many things that you really don't remember. And that's my life. That's yeah, my life. I would not I be able, if it weren't for the reviews that I conduct, I wouldn't, there would be I certain cigars that I, I wouldn't remember what I smoked. Like yeah. I don't, like I remember what I smoked yesterday i remember what i smoked yesterday but if you ask me what i smoked the day before i, I don't remember unless i reviewed it and then i could go yeah. back and look at the date and go i this is what yeah. i smoked i when don't remember yeah when i'm casually smoking i won't remember now as I part really of that because of my concussions and i probably have a mild case of ct yes like last night i smoked the pledge and i don't even remember grabbing it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I definitely have that sometimes too. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> I saw the label outside today. I'm like, when did I smoke the pledge? That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, you know, got to get rid of those brand bias bitches. You know what I'm saying? And we always talk about like, you know, there's manufacturers that we've interviewed. And one of the things they always say is like, hey, we just like to be part of the rotation, right? And that's really trying to that's get people acclimated crucial. to other cigars. It really is crucial, yeah. you know, for the for the growth and survival of some of these brands. Um, you know, there are certain things out there that are box worthy. And I've said this before. It is rare. If I buy a box of something, it's because I really fucking love it. It is a very, very rare thing for me to do. I think I've only ever done it with two boxes for real. Now we've had people send us boxes of shit and that's pretty dope. But in terms of me buying and paying with my own money, a box of cigars is so rare. And actually, as a matter of fact, the one cigar in particular that I've done it with, 
I'm actually going to place a renew order because I love the cigar that much. That is ultra rare for me. CAO vision. Correct. That is correct. Yeah, I feel that. I love spending $500 for the worst cigar ever created. Uh, speaking of, I did our, uh, just, I did the poll the other day on the acid Cuba Cuba to see yeah. what the, uh, the collective Cuba. audience and thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got a staggering 34. Oh. <laughs> so a really, a real heartbreaking 34. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, it is what it is. It's true. Yeah. 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 We, I mean, true. we knew, we knew it was going to be rough. I didn't think it was gonna be that rough. I thought it was going to be more 50, 50. So when it ended up being 34, I was like, oof harsh um but it is what it is that's what community said dude there was like literally do you a, th- a couple you hundred our- people that smashed that thumbs up oh, thumbs Jesus. down buttons yeah it was it was a good sample our audience at this point is relatively seasoned you know what i'm saying like they they've smoked enough to like hopefully value our opinions and the entertainment yeah i but, think i think for the like, most i think for the most i think it's 50 50 honestly because there are certain people who will like hit me up on Instagram that I'll reply to and respond to. And I can tell they're very new. Like the questions are very much, I'm just getting into cigars. This is the inception of my experience as a whole. What would you recommend? That happens very often. And I love when people actually ask the questions because then I get to answer. You okay. have to figure it out on your own. I get to answer you. Um, and then there's also the reality of our podcast statistics. So oftentimes I will see people who are, I mean, every day we get people that listen to episode number one and they work their way through. So I have to imagine that if you hadn't already heard of our podcast or already don't know who we are, and that's not an egotistical thing, you're probably someone who's just getting in the industry if I see you listening to episode one, more likely than not. So there there are those. So I think it really is kind of a 50-50 split. Hey, let's do a save by the bell pause. Time out and say that if you are a novice smoker, beginner, uh, listening to this episode, I, I I implore that you stop this episode right now. You reset it. Come back maybe a year after you've smoked a variety of different stuff. I implore you to try stuff. Then when you come back to this episode, you won't feel like that person that's like, oh my God, are they talking about, talking me? about me? Right. Are they talking about me? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. That ain't me. I agree. If you feel like any of this conversation points to you, if if you're doing this, but then there's two thumbs pointing back at you, <laughs> you're pro- you're probably the problem. You're probably the person that needs to click the pause button, as Chris suggested. Experience some things. Come back to us in a year. This is like some Mr. Miyagi shit. Actually, what's the movie where like the person goes away for a really long time and comes back? Is that Kill Bill? Maybe I'm thinking of Kill Bill. I don't know. They're Asian. Either way, both of them look like Mr. Miyagi. Um, and you come back and like you come back seasoned and you, Just, you know everything that you need to know, your wealth of knowledge and experience, and you'll listen to this episode and go, that ain't me. And that's what we want. Yeah. It's called tough love, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like, daddy, I, I I just want your approval attention. Not until you fucking kill a bear with your bare hands. Yeah. See, it's time for you to go out and kill that bear. Did you say bear, bear hands? Yeah, with your bear bear. <laughs> <laughs> so get out there. Yeah. Get out. Get out. Be strategic. Get be safe and strategic. But yeah. we'll be waiting for you. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time on this topic, so You want Papa's approval? 
<laughs> Yo soy a papa. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. Uh, next topic under five things we hate about the novice cigar smoker. I smoke a lot of cigars. I only smoke once every three months. We already talked about this a little bit. This is a reflection that I've had on someone I talked to literally in person and I wanted to punch in the face, but it is actually a conversation I've had more than once with multiple people. So, you know, we've talked about it before. It's like, okay, you know, what what categorizes a cigar smoker versus someone who smokes cigars? We've talked about this so many times. And I think you can't put a hard set definition to it. I ultimately, you know, if I think if if you're a cigar novice smoker in terms of like the intervals of which you smoke cigars or how often you're smoking cigars, if you're telling me that like I only really smoke when I play golf, you novice. If you say I smoke once I Oh, I'll smoke a cigar on a special occasion when I go on vacation to Florida. You novice. If you go, oh, I smoke every once in a while for, you know, a get together with my buddies. Also, novice. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay, but I don't need you to pretend that you smoke cigars all the time. Don't suggest to me that you so smoke cigars often because you don't. That interval of smoking once every three months... I'm sorry, you ain't a cigar smoker. You're just not. Now, we can come up with a definition right now and say how often do you have to smoke a cigar to not be considered a cigar novice. Chris, what do you think? I think both you and I, I know in particular for me, I know how many cigars I smoke a day. It's for the time of which I have to smoke a cigar in a day, it's probably bad. Like, it's a bad habit. You know, there's people like, oh, I smoke four cigars a day. One in the morning, maybe one mid-morning, afternoon, and at night, whatever. Spread, you know, the hour spread between there is a couple. I only get nighttime to smoke cigars. And it collapsed in a pretty short time frame. I'll smoke three between like 7 o'clock and 10.30. That's pretty much my every day. So, Chris, what, like at what interval do you think someone gets out of like being a novice cigar smoker? How often should somebody be smoking a cigar to kind of get to the next level on an intermediate basis? There's no doubt that relativity is key. It's like saying to someone, man, it's hot outside. Well, is it hot to you because it's 75 degrees? Because it doesn't feel hot to me. Mm. It's all relative, right? Yeah. You got to find a certain base point, base level of agreement, agreement on what that looks like. And that takes, that takes a conversation between two people or a panel of people to determine that I would say I see two people right now I would say based on this council that I would say at least one every other day would would mm. pull you out of what I would consider novice from a from a I'm a cigar smoker if you were to say you're a cigar smoker I would based on my cheat sheet I would look at it and go oh that means you're smoking at least one every other day which could be five four four to five maybe a week um, that seems that seems less casual that seems more I'm involved that seems more uh, I'm addicted uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah but that feels less novice to me and it seems more worthy of the title cigar smoker i think um 
I don't think it has to be at that rate. If someone were to tell me and suggest they smoke one cigar a week, and by the way, they're not just smoking one of the same cigar a week, I'd consider them not a cigar novice. If you're smoking one a week, that's 52 cigars a year. That is certainly mm. above average. You're, you know what? You're on to something here, Corey. I think what's important is we need to establish a ranking system. So we, we've heard the phrase cigar aficionado. What does that even mean? Is it like wine sommeliers? I don't fucking know. Well, you know. certainly couldn't say that a cigar aficionado is based upon how much Correct. They smoke. But could there not be some ranking systems like our amazing U.S. military? Yeah, could like there not be G7 through like G13 or whatever? Like like private status? Oh, Who like lieutenant, level? major? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, re- and captain and, and colonels and yes, some way for mm. us to follow some guidelines of cigar colonel superiority. It's actually not a bad idea. I think I would probably be somewhere around like a lieutenant. Mm. I feel like a cigar colonel is going to be like somebody who's been in the industry for a while who also yeah. knows how to blend, but isn't like super old school. Like isn't like, you know, a Nick Perdomo or a Carlos Fuente Jr. You know, there's some people that have just been around forever. They would be like the generals. Yeah. But I think a colonel would probably be someone like uh, like a Pete Johnson. Pete Johnson would be a colonel, I think. Um, AJ Fernandez would be like a high-ranking colonel. I think you and I are like even below, what's below that, a major or and then lieutenant maybe? I think we're probably like in yeah, lieutenant. I'll go with that. I think we're, you know, we we've got some pull, but we still got we still get kicked around a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? Everything's but, still our fault. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think that's probably where we would rank. So we're I the think there's a frequency. PTSD, yeah. I think there's a frequency, I think there's an experience, and I think there's the education. I yeah. think all of those things together um would help kind of shape or define each one of those levels. Yeah. You know, for people who have experience in the field and have experience blending, obviously higher rank, right? It's almost like a resume thing. So when you say you smoke cigars, I ask, what rank are you? And if you don't show me your little card, you're private out of your billfold to show me what rank of smoker you are. You're shoveling shit. You private. That means you're not a cigar smoker. You're private. You're entryman. Yeah. That's okay. You got to start somewhere. New recruit. New recruit. Boot yeah, you're camp. going through basics. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, You're at the bottom. Um, and that's okay. Everybody starts at the bottom. Um, yeah. All right. Let's yeah, move on from this one. I love this topic. Uh, topic number four, can taste everything they can't really taste. This is an interesting one simply because not only does this happen on the novice level, this also happens at like an aficionado level. So it, it it is not discriminatory at all. But what I've noticed is, is that when we recognize people who have certain flavor characteristics that they like to articulate to somebody else, I can tell whether or not most of the time in conversation, I can tell whether someone actually has a lot of experience smoking cigars and who doesn't. And so that's the difference, right? There's some people who do get derived flavor characteristics where I go, okay, this particular person smokes a lot of cigars. They know what they're talking about. They've been doing this for a long time. They understand it. They're educated around it. So on. And then there's other people who go, this is this thing that I taste. And I go, no, no, nope. You definitely did not. 
And that's the novice uh, cigar smoker who is, I think sometimes, I think part of it too is wanting to embed yourself in the industry, wanting to embed yourself as somebody who understands. But as I've already suggested and said, part of that understanding comes with time and comes with experience and comes with knowledge. It doesn't come out of just one particular cigar that you smoke, one particular experience that you had. And it's easy to understand when someone's saying those things and saying, okay, here's the flavor characteristics, and you just immediately be able to call bullshit and go, well, no, you didn't. You definitely didn't. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, You're having a stroke, and you just take the experience for what it is, enjoy it, and develop those things over time. And also, another thing that doesn't really happen that often, and this is how I know this is how you can really tell like when a novice cigar smoker is a novice cigar smoker when they talk about flavor characteristics that they get is that they just tell them out openly in the public when one, no one else gives a shit and the people who are experienced don't say a word. You know what I mean? Like every once in a while, like you and I will sit there and talk and we'll talk about like baseline characteristics. Oh, this cigar is super smooth. It's very creamy, right? And then there's the concentration effort that you and I have as it articulates to a review, like a process that we put into place. Yeah. It's interesting to me when people are sitting amongst like a group of people and they're like, hmm. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, you got, yeah, Dr. Pepper. There's a little bit of that, uh, get a little bit of that Dr. That Dr. Pepper. Oh, uh, card- you get a little bit of, do you, you get, get a little bit of that cardamom? Cardamom? Were you getting a little bit of that pie crust? Yeah, just got a little bit of, just a little bit of the crust on the tip of the tongs, kind of sits back on the palate. Mm, um, you get a little bit of that uh, white pepper, not to be confused with the black pepper. It's a little I bit more of the white pepper, you. and it's got a slight bit of hint of red pepper. I think it's interlaced white pepper and red pepper that just sits right on the back of the palate. I don't know about you, but this is like sautéed garlic. <laughs> Dude, this shit drives me fucking nuts. And I've heard people say that, and I've been with people who say that, and I just want to rip their fucking throats out because it's annoying as shit. Don't do that. You novice. You novice. It's okay. I think it just comes down to, you know, trying to assimilate yourself with what you read, right? So when you read about a cigar and- I agree. Wholeheartedly. It's romanticized with all these flavor characteristics. You want to be that person that when you smoke a cigar, you're the same per you're the same type of you're person like, oh, that can yeah. drive oh, these I, flavors. I do, I, do that, I definitely get the pie dough. Yeah, I definitely yeah. get the pie dough. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but all you're doing is setting yourself up for a room filled with people who are gonna be like, eh. Yeah. Like yeah. Right? you'll forever be a novice if that's your attitude. Now I get it. We like to associate things to make better meanings and just and to help better understand or, you know, compare is the bet maybe the better way of saying it. Compare to things that we know. Like music. Oh, that's a pop song on the CD. Doesn't that sound just like Justin Bieber? You know, like and it's like, you know, xyz band doesn't even matter in the reference but you know how people always right. say oh that music sounds just like this band right yeah, yeah you yeah. know yeah and i think we do that with cigars too you know we kind of try to make sense of flavors it's like that tastes like cinnamon that, that tastes like black pepper yeah and we try to associate with things it that is we know. it's like that desire to be just in the mix you know what i mean yeah. it gets th- 
it is like a weird desire just to be like, well, I know what I'm talking about too. Now, here's one of the reasons why, especially when we were talking about like the flavor aspect of it. I think, and I'm I'm making a guess, but I think it's an educated one. You know, derived flavor characteristics and explosion and expansion of flavors really comes out when you retrohale a cigar, right? And if you're listening to this and you don't know what retrohaling means, you novice, hang up. Um, when retrohaling cigar, you get all the explosion of those flavors. And then you begin to kind of pinpoint, okay, this thing has this kind of flavor association. It's like this. It reminds me of this. Like there's that, um, there's the connection between, you know, the, the, every sense that you have in your nose versus what's in your mouth. And then of course it all goes to your brain and says, it's this thing, right? I texted you the other night and I said, I'm smoking something that tastes like straight cough syrup. Dude, I thought I was dying. I was like, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> this cigar tastes like cough syrup. <laughs> so like, dude, straight fucking Dimetap. I'm like, what is going on with this fucking cigar? I told Lauren, I was like, I don't know. I was like, it's such a terrible cigar, but I can't stop smoking it because I just feel like I'm taking myself back to when I was eight, year old, eight years old with like a horrible cold in the middle of January. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to keep going. But you start to uncover those things over time, right? Like, and use. But here's my argument: How many cigar novice smokers do you know that know how to retrohale a cigar, or even attempted to? It's a very, it's a very displeasurable thing that you do, that you get accustomed over time. You know what yeah, I mean? And, like and even it's the, even season retrohaling. You know what scar, cigars? There's certain cigars that you ain't gonna fucking. You're not gonna fucking bull nose yeah. them through your nostril. It's just not gonna happen. I did it the other night mistakenly with a cigar I probably shouldn't have, and I was like, felt like you were being maced. Oh no, I had I had De Niro face. <laughs> I, dude, I had De Niro face for like fucking ten minutes. I was yeah. like, it's not it fun. Was bad. It's not fun at all. It was terrible. I was like, why did I do it? Um, but, and I, and here's the thing I retro every single cigar I smoke, like, and as often as I can, here's my thing. I do it obviously because we review cigars. So I want to make sure that if I'm putting something that I recognize that is creating a connection to my brain that's saying this thing is this, I want to understand it to the fullest degree. Um, which, which a novice cigar smoker quite simply is not going to be at that level. It's just not, and that's okay, but you know, that's where you're really going to derive the best flavor characteristics from a cigar is by retroing the cigar and most novice smokers. If they use words that sound too much like foods you eat, and I don't mean ingredients of foods, but like foods you eat, ignore them. Yeah. Didn't, wasn't there a publication at one time that said spoiled taco meat? Yeah. I don't remember what publication it was. I don't. Oh, I do. Oh, what starts? No, I'm just kidding, Chris. I remember exactly who it was. It's the most absurd fucking review I've ever heard. Um. Anyway, so this brings me to my last one, and this is one that kind of irks me because I hear it so often. It really drives me nuts, and that is, quite simply, Cubans are the best. And here's the thing: if you said it and you suggested it, you'd be wrong. Cubans are not the best. How do I know? Because I've had it all. Cubans are not the best cigars. Both, in my opinion, both in terms of quality, which that's probably the number one aspect, and even in terms of flavor. I'm not saying I don't not like Cuban cigars, but when I think about something blended to perfection, that's like Nicaraguan, or even there's a lot of Dominican, or you have certain 
different types of varietals of tobaccos that are kind of interlaced together to offer up this complexity that you can't get in a Cuban. To suggest Cubans are the best, you're wrong. You know what it's like. And you're novice. You know what it's like. Cubans is to Blockbuster as everything else cigar is to Netflix. Mm. Old I feel like Cubans outdated. Got, I think they got a little complacent. Got passed up. And it forced the rest of the industry to step up to try to make something better and do something better. And they did. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And here's the thing. It's like, I have a sincere appreciation for Cubans because obviously because of the history, right? In terms of cigars. Yeah, sure. For sure. I also have, uh, you know, one of my favorite cigars to smoke is the Monte Cristo number two. Not a huge Cohiba fan like H. Upman's. There's some other Cuban cigars that I really enjoy smoking, but not nearly as much as I like smoking Nicaraguan cigars or a really good Dominican cigar. Like they're just not on the same, in my opinion, both in terms of quality and flavor expression are not on the same level. You know, it's interesting because when I went to Amsterdam, um, there's a cigar shop there that actually is like three shops. It's three, the same person owns three shops. This shop happens to be the most popular and it's called Cigaragua, which is a way of saying cigar mixed with Nicaragua. So what does that tell you about the place? All the cigars they sell are Nicaraguan. It's the most popular cigar shop there. Their Cuban cigar shop is maybe, I would say, 20% the size, probably even smaller of that location. This is one where they house all the vents, where they one they host all the parties. This is the one with the largest humidor. And it's quite simply filled with a ton of Nicaraguan cigars. That's the cigar shop that I went to. And they had a ton of stuff I never had to. Dude, this place is fucking unreal. I've got a dope-ass video of the humidor. I mean, it's literally the coolest fucking place I've ever been to. But it's all Nicaraguan. Well, why is that? Well, I think there's a desirability. I think in terms of cigars in other countries, and I do think like European countries are very accustomed to Cuban-style cigars. We talk about that, like the cafe setting and all that, which I love. I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's so cool. I wish I lived in Europe for that reason so I could sit out with kind of my tight jeans and my black boots on early in the morning with my loose, kind of loose, but yet fitted t-shirt and my fucking like combed over haircut and sit out of a cafe with my leg crossed Smoking a cigar, eating a scone, and drinking an espresso. That is my dream. It's my literal dream. I, w- I would love to do that every single morning. But I'd also suggest that I could pair something better with that espresso and that scone than a Cuban cigar. So I think like Cubans are very highly European, but I think like c- Cigaragua highlights the importance of especially Nicaraguan tobacco. And that shop has flourished as a result of like their intentionality around the type of market that they serve. So it I I and really this kind of in a conversation with cigar novice because I hear it so often. We're like, oh I smoke Cuban cigars. Oh so and so gave me a Cuban cigar. Oh so and so gave me a Cohiba. And like people use it almost as like a status symbol thing. Like look what I smoked. I'm like, dude, everybody can get Cohibas. Everyone can get Monte Cristos. Everyone can get H. Upman's. Everyone can get Romeo Julietas. Everybody can get those cigars. Like, they're not hard to get. Like, I know websites, you just buy them on. There's friends that can give them to you. You can purchase them on second, you know, fucking Facebook market, whatever. Like, you can find them. It's not a big deal. 
but that seems to be the association a cigar novice wants to create with their own personal reputation in the cigar world is that, well, I, you know, <laughs> uh, I smoke Cubans. You know, yeah. I say, I'm high class, I smoke Cubans. I'm like, oh. but you're not. You're not smoking a great cigar. You're smoking something that's kind of subpar, all things considered. Yeah, and what about that price? Oof. I mean, depending on what you get and which country you get it from, it's expensive. There's some places where, like, Monte Cristo or number two is seven, eight bucks. I, I would fucking say, nothing. but a Cohiba, like a Cohiba, you're gonna pay fifty, sixty dollars for that? Are you fucking serious? If, if you're a novice Ugh. smoker, just hold off on Cubans altogether for a little while. There's no, no sense in smoking them. Honestly, the best thing to do is smoke other cigars first and then go to and Cuban cigars. Back. Yeah, and then come back and try Cubans. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, because well, I think you would have more of an appreciation for a Cuban cigar and what it is and the flavor expressions than you would if you were to start with that, with the yeah. misunderstanding of like what a cigar really is supposed to be like. Yeah. yeah. That's just my thoughts and feelings on it. But, I mean, I will argue to the death that Cuban cigars are not the best cigars. I'll argue with a Cuban. I'll argue with the Cuban government, who, by the way, has owned Cuban cigars, especially Cohiba, for a long period of time. I'll argue it with a military personnel from Cuba and go, yo, Cohiba suck. I don't know why I did that in an Asian accent. I don't know really how to do a Cuban accent, which is Spanish, I guess. You just, you know, it's just... It's the, I get it. It's a, it's again, romanticized in the industry. Like that is, that is what you want. You want that status. You want that ability to say, I smoke a Cuban cigar. Yep. But you ever see the smile on someone's face when they say they've gotten Cubans? Yeah. They're like, so giddy. (laughs) They do that. So go, (laughs) or, or it's like, that slightly cans. pretentious posture of like, yeah, I just got some cigar. I got some Cuban cigars in. Yeah. And, uh, gonna smoke them this weekend when I'm out on the golf course with my buddy. Uh, did, I tell you is, I wear, did I tell you I wear Nikes on the course? Huh. Did I tell you I met Tiger Woods once? You know what? <laughs> I, I know I got an eight month old back with a wife who's threatened to divorce me, but this is my time and I'm gonna go on the golf course and smoke this Cuban with my buddies. We're gonna play tent. We're gonna play, not not the back nine. We're gonna play all eighteen holes. <laughs> Dude, I've had I've had a subset of Cuban cigars that have sat in. My, I'm pretty sure they're bad now. <laughs> They've sat in my humidor for like three years. <laughs> I should actually smoke one tonight. Now that we're having this, or I'll probably smoke it next week. No, maybe I'll smoke it tonight. I think I'll smoke it tonight. I'll probably smoke one tonight just because we're having this conversation, and then I'll just yeah. go. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. No, I have a. I actually have like three or four uh, uh, Monte Cristo number twos in there, which I, dude, those all fucking savor. I, I that cigar is the exception when I talk about a Cuban cigar. It is fucking unreal good. So insanely popular. There's a reason for it. Cohiba's overrated. That's the one everybody wants to brag it out, right? It's like this braggadocious thing. Oh yeah, these. Cu-. The best part is is when someone suggests they have a Cuban, and this so this happened to me. Quick anecdote, nice story before we end this podcast. Uh, this happened to me a few years ago in Vegas. I was with somebody that I work with, not work for, not a part of the AMO organization. We're at this party at this place called the Town Nightclub, which is in the Venetian. Pretty cool nightclub. If you walk into the bathroom, there's this little Spanish dude that sits in there who squirts shit on your hands and hands you a little cup of, you know, 
like mouthwash. mint mouthwash and dries your hands off for you, does the whole thing. You tip him a couple dollars and he's like, hey. Um, he also sells cigars on the side, right? He's got a box of cigars that's sitting there. And the person I with, <laughs> who, by the way, I've smoked cigars with so many times, is like, oh, dude, he's got cigars. I'm like, oh, cool. All right, let's check him out. Let's see what he has. Maybe we'll just grab one because you you smoke everywhere in Vegas. So it doesn't fucking matter. You smoke inside the nightclub. You can walk out to the yeah. poolside. doesn't make a difference. I was like, yeah, cool. Let's see what he has. Starting to look at the box and I'm going through and I'm going, and he's like, oh, dude, he's got Cubans. And I go, and I looked at the guy and I go, I'm looking at this little Spanish dude dead in the eyes. I go, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he's like, look, he's like, uh, he's like, there's got Monte Cristos in here and he's got, he's got Cohibas. And I was like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, those are fakes, dude. That's, that's just counterfeit. That's like fucking fake Cohiba. I was like, look at the wrapper on that. It looks like a five-year-old painted it. <laughs> it looks like, it looks like something like it looks so second. It's not even close. Like it's not even close to the Cohiba label. Now the Monte Cristo one's a little bit easier to knock off, but even yeah. then you can still tell. Well, and then I you don't like, trust any of them on the no, lineup. No, right. That, that's exactly it. If one's fake, they're all fake, right? And I go, I look at the guy and I go, dude, this is no joke. This is a true story. I go, those aren't real. And he goes, sir. He just kept saying, sir. And I was like, they're not real. And he was selling them for like 25 bucks a piece. He's like, it's a good deal. $25. And I was like, no, but they're not real. And I was like, listen, I give you five bucks for, I was like, I'll give you five bucks for two of like five bucks each for two of them. So $10. And he goes, deal because <laughs> yeah. they weren't they're still cigars they're smokable yeah. they're just not yeah. monte cristos and not cahibas but it was yeah. worth five dollars a piece for me to go yeah, sure. give me two of those cigars i'll peel the fucking label off we'll go out front and smoke these bad boys yeah yeah, yeah. so funny i was like i literally looked them dead in the eyes short little dude this dude was like up to my neck and i go those aren't cubans he's like sir and i was like those aren't sir. cubans <laughs> and then i started pointing out why they weren't <laughs> And the guy that was with was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I was like, five bucks for that one, five bucks for that one. He goes, okay. <laughs> that was it. He's trying to sell them for like, I think the one was 23 bucks. I was I'm like, sure oh. and so sure. many people were walking in there paying it for it. Probably us. duped them, yeah. I was like, you fucking idiot. I'm sure underneath the cabinet where the sink was, was all these fucking counterfeit <laughs> Cohibas. He's selling for 23 bucks a piece. I'm like, God damn it. So many people in this nightclub got ripped off. He probably went into a cigar shop. It's like, I want to make like 200 cigars and like that, the unlabeled, probably just like make whatever Vitola right. or whatever. And oh, yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. Put a label on myself. Just whatever secondhand shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's why when I go to Vegas, so if you go to the like kind of the end of the main strip before you can get to Old Vegas, mm-hmm. that the Enfuego Cigars is there. And that's like, that's a cigar shop that you want to go to that has all the good shit. You don't want to buy that. Like you can buy stuff from the Davidoff stands inside the hotels, but like for a 20, a normal $20, $17 Davidoff Nicaragua, you're paying 40 bucks. So it's like, just take a quick trip. You can walk just down the strip, hang a left right after you get past the SLS hotel. There's a marijuana dispensary on the corner. Don't ask me how I know that. Um, not like I went there. And if you just take a left, you hang a left, you walk like a quarter mile down, boom, there's in Fuego. You have every fucking beautiful cigar you ever want at your fingertips right in Fuego. So it's like, just don't buy them in, don't buy them inside. First of all, don't buy them in the bathroom at the fucking Venetian, number one. But also don't buy them inside the fucking hotels either. Like don't buy them inside the casinos. You'll see the Davidoff stands. I know it's enticing, but you can literally just walk down the street and grab all the Davidoffs you want. It's not going to cost you 40 bucks. You don't need those poopy dongers. <laughs> no, definitely not. 
It's like, who made that? To- and honestly, now here's the fucked up part. So we walked outside in front of the hotel because we were getting ready to walk back to, where were we staying in the Paris? I think we were staying in the Paris Hotel, uh, Paris Casino. So it was quite a walk from where we were at because I think we were at, either we were at SLS or we were at, no, we were at the Venetian. That's right. We we're at the town nightclub. So it's a, it's a little bit of a hike to where we were going. Yeah. And uh, I remember we sat outside just on the corner of the casino, just waiting for other people to come out. We're smoking cigars. I'm like, you know, for a non-Cuban and $5, it's not bad. <laughs> it was actually pretty decent tobacco. I was like, I mean, it was, it was pretty bland, obviously, like not anything super expressive in terms of flavors, but I was like, you know, for a, for a 10, 15 minute walk back to the hotel and $5, yeah. it's hard to beat. It's worth it. Oh, yeah. I just it. found myself beginning to believe that it was getting cloudy outside because of my background. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, it's getting cloudy. <laughs> oh, that's interesting because it's getting dark in here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, it's getting fucking cloudy. Dude, do you think her legs are getting numb? Yeah. It doesn't matter for my group because they're all dead, but yours is just getting up. I, I told her if she's going to be in the background, you can't fucking move or talk. And she hasn't <laughs> even breathed. <laughs> I said if they moved or talk, I was going to kill them. You see how that turned out. Yeah, they're dead. <laughs> you dead. Um, that was it. That was the five. I think we went through five. Yeah. Um, I love having these conversations. Now, here's what I want to say. Is that when I air all this stuff out it's probably just some pent-up aggression that i have you know one of the things that and he, and here's the counter to what i'm saying in terms of like making fun of cigar novice smokers everybody at some point was novice i was a novice cigar smoker chris is a novice cigar smoker actually more recent way more recently than i and, and you're considered yeah. a veteran by far like hands down veteran in the industry all things considered right I think about it, it's like we all started at some place, but there is a lot of information out there and there is a lot of things that have been, oh, oh there goes my, my room's breaking apart. <laughs> There's a lot of information out there that can help kind of curve if you ever feel like, ah, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm the cigar novice. Dude, there's a wealth of resources. And also, I always extend this to anybody. If you have questions about cigar smoking in general, you know, best practices type stuff, what tools to use, how to light a cigar, what cigar should I be smoking? I mean, that's one of the most popular topics. Like I'm new to the cigar world. I'm a beginner. What cigar should I be smoking? Dude, that's like an explode. I, I always go, how much time do you have? That's where we need to start. And so I always ask people, like, if you have questions, dude, seek the advice and opinion of someone who fucking smokes all the time. Shorten the learning curve. I'll put it that way. So everybody starts somewhere. Obviously, these are just really fun episodes for us to talk about these kind of crazy topics. But the reality is like, do we all fucking been there? And you just have to gain knowledge and experience over time. You've got to make sure that you are, I would say, being creative around the things that you do in the cigar world, like keeping it fresh, keeping it new. The brand bias thing of it drives me nuts. Experience something different. Challenge yourself. Try something that your friends are trying that you've never had before. Just go, hey, I want one of those. You know, look for some of the hype stuff. Cause some of the hype stuff's really good and some of the hype stuff's really bad. And that's cool. You, at least you fucking tried it. Um, try everything. Try as often as you can. Smoke as much as you can when the time permits. And you'll get out of that weird kind of novice mindset. And you'll be on your way to really kind of understanding 
what tobacco is and a premium cigar setting, the expression of flavors, you'll st- it'll all start clicking. You'll go, oh shit, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Yeah. Um, and you when, just you, when you've done it, and when you've done it, come, come back, back to this episode. Because, uh, Finish this episode. <laughs> both of your cigar papas will be waiting. Yep, we'll be waiting. We're here we'll for, you. for you. You know, the last couple of people that were waiting, you wanna, you they wanna waited a little too long. You want to earn daddy's respect? We'll be waiting. <laughs> come back. Come back in a year or so. We'll be waiting. Right on. Right on. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up. Oh, one of the things that you can do is you can visit our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack. Visit them at www.mycigarpack.com. Um, I don't remember what was in this last, this last pack because Alex sent us two packs. What I will say... And there was a smattering of crown heads. Kind of took me back to the uh, the um, what was the first crown head cigar that we smoked? The uh, Jericho, Jericho Hill, Hill Willie uh, Lee. Lee, and I think the OBS was in there. Um, so the there is kind of smattered with some crown head cigars, some other really really good cigars. But the factory direct this month was from Espinosa. Can't remember the name. Something in Spanish, of course. Um, and I smoked two, and there's a variety of those in the the factory direct packs. Dude, the one I had, first of all, love the Vitola. Dude, that cigar was fucking rich. Most Espinosa cigars are, they they always pack a punch, I feel like, for the most part. Yeah, they do. Dude, this thing was rich. It's very good. Awesome month. Um, so check out My Cigar Pack, www.mycigarpack.com. You can also check our website. Uh, posted a review this week. Can't remember what it was. It's actually going to be like a total of four to five reviews this week. Yep. Uh, posting one tonight. It's Thursday. So by the time you listen to this, it'll already be out. There'll be like four more out. Um, what did I post, Chris? Oh, the Epic Maduro. So uh, Epic Maduro, you can check that out. You can probably see it like right Epic. here. So you'll see the Epic Maduro. Um, so check that out. www.hottickettweekly.com for reviews, news, and more. And uh, you can get the podcast episodes on there too. So feel free to check everything out in one spot. All right. I think that does it. Anything else you want to add, Chris? No. Just cool. uh should probably feed daddy, your kid. Daddy's waiting. Yep. Daddy's waiting. <laughs> uh, We're killing the that. show. We're fucking killing the, the show. Bring me the bear. <laughs> We are killing it on this show. <laughs> straight murdering it. Yeah, straight murdering it. All right, that'll conclude episode 198. We'll be back at you next week with holy shit, one episode before 200, episode 199. We'll see you guys next week. Adios. Recording stopped. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself at the Hot Ticket Pod on Instagram. You can get a hold of Chris at Hot Ticket Chris on Instagram as well. You can find this podcast. It is available all over the place. You can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. And you can find the podcast available on video on YouTube. Look up the Hot Ticket Weekly on YouTube and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes if you could. And check out our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack at www.mycigarpack.com. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back at you next week.